Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. Today we're chatting with the king of the band Marvel. For fans of Kiss, Bon Jovi, Cheap Trick, and Thin Lizzy, we'll be chatting about Marvel's new double-disc release, Double Decade, showcasing the last 20 years of their beautiful career. It even comes with two new songs, mixed by Robert Pearson and mastered by Magnus Lindbergh. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, of course, looking back on 20 years as a band, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio, head over to ashermediarelations.com. That's ashermediarelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndical Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicalmusic.com. That's syndicalmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. All right. Well, the King, welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. Go ahead and say hello to all of our beautiful listeners. Hello, beautiful listeners. How are you doing? We are doing very well, and it's great to have you on because we have this double decade release going over the last 20 years of marvel with two new songs so my first question is what was the greatest moment for you producing this compilation set and that might even be just doing the two new songs as well what was the greatest moment for you producing this this compilation uh, i guess it was going back to a lot of memories and uh, i mean looking back at our whole career and uh you know, the, it's a gate, gatefold, and if you if you unfold it, you have a big, beautiful picture of lots of memorable historical stuff. So we got lots of posters, we got masks, we got guitars, we got uh, personal stuff, notes, everything. So it's just a big collection of stuff. And that was a lot of fun because we had to go through the archives and, uh, yeah, dig into the history. And that was nice. And then, of course, we also have uh, representation by our Medieval Army fan presidents from all over the world. So we have a big booklet where you get to read their stories. Uh, like they each got one of their favorite um, albums to write about. And we have a long introduction by Ben Solzeller from Germany, who founded the, the fan club uh, about his personal recollections of the band. So I guess it's a it's a labor of love, this whole package. Yeah, I mean, a labor of love, definitely, indeed. But fun to go over the last 20 years, going a lot of memories, looking back at your career, lots of posters, masks, guitars, personal stuff, personal notes, going through the archives also as well, representatives of that Marvel Army fan club. But I mean, what surprised you the most, I guess, going through a lot of these memories? Is it because after all these years, you're still here? <laughs> yeah, it, it takes stubbornness i guess and some kind of stupidity to, to keep at it for 20 <laughs> years but, uh, but uh yeah i can be surprised when going back to the early songs and, and i realized that there's okay we've gotten better at producing and playing and recording but there's still a lot of energy in it that uh, sometimes can be hard to yeah to do better when you're getting older i mean uh there's some kind of innocence or uh yeah you have a, a certain outlook on life when you're younger, and that's hard to copy or try to emulate. So I guess we're we're, we're aging like a fine wine. The, some of the old songs 
may sound a bit more punk, but they still hold up in, in the energy and the eagerness. Yeah, getting better at producing, playing, and recording over the years, but the, the earlier stuff still has a certain energy to it, which, you know, The King, you've talked about that as punk. Take us through that. Yeah, because we didn't know what we were doing, basically. So we were just trying to sound like our favorite bands or whatever. But then we have our way of playing and our way of writing songs, and that comes through, I guess. So. Yeah, no, I would agree that that comes through. I mean, trying to sound like our favorite bands. I mean, who resonates with that? Raise your hand right now. Picking your favorite bands, trying to sound like them, but then having your own way of playing and writing, which is, I, I think, where it all comes together. Now, what was the biggest challenge putting this compilation together? Uh, I would say choosing the songs because we've made nine full albums and uh, like a bunch of singles. And uh, we have a lot of cover songs that people like. We even did a full album of cover songs, Guilty Pleasures, in 2019. So I guess choosing the right songs was the, the hard part. But we got some help from friends who, who helped us pick the list. And uh, Double Decade comes with the first album is like our most well-known songs, uh, or whatever you might say. And the second album is uh, the hard-to-get ones and the, the deep cuts and the, the b-sides etc that has never been released on, a, on an album so it made it easier in that sense that we knew that album two is going to be those songs <laughs> and we and uh, uh yeah so that that was that okay all right so choosing the songs was the challenge nine full albums a bunch of singles even a cover songs album from 2019 um first album most well-known songs you know so to say second album hard to get stuff the deep cuts the b-sides which you said was perhaps a little bit easier. Was there any kind of, I don't know, because it wasn't released before, I'm sure there was a reason it wasn't released before, any kind of nervousness about how that would hit? It made it sound like it was actually easier to do than than the well-known songs. I guess, what's the challenge in the, the well-known songs? People are going to argue, like, no, that is not your well That's not my favorite song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People will always have their opinion. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we didn't have... A lot more songs that that are b-sides or deep cuts so we basically put what we have on there and uh it's not like they were worse or not good enough it's just that sometimes uh, an album has to have a special vibe and uh, if the song doesn't fit that vibe you leave it out and sometimes you don't want too many songs because it doesn't make the album better you know so yeah and, and we always love bands who have a lot of stuff to find so if you're a if you're a big fan or a collector, you can always find a single that no one else has. And that's that's the beauty. So we, we always try to please the, the the hardcore fans and the record collectors because we are like that ourselves. We're, we're music nerds. So that's what we try to live up to. Yeah. Music fans and nerds loving those B-sides and those deep cuts. And yeah, an album has to have a vibe. So there's some songs that are left out. But I mean, how did you go through and pick the top songs? Was it like what's hot on spotify no we also tried to make it a nice mix you know it should be uh, pleasurable to listen to it shouldn't just be one song after the other and uh, some people have argued like why didn't you include this song i can't believe you didn't include this song well uh, it, you can't think too hard about it because you will get crazy so it was just what we felt at the moment and also it was a conscious decision not, not to include any cover songs even though we've been famous for doing uh, good covers or making them our own, uh, we we felt that this is the time for our own songs to shine, and, and we shouldn't mess around with cover songs on this one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, time for our own songs to shine. Very cool. Now, speaking of our own songs to shine, there are two new records, or two new, actually, yeah, two new records, two new recordings on the album, Catch-22 and Turn the Page. Yep. How did you guys end up crafting those? Was the compilation set up? Because I know you mentioned, you know, you want to have a nice mix that's pleasurable to listen to uh, and, and craft the whole experience. I guess what went into the decision to make two new songs, and did you work to make sure that those fit into the compilation? Mm, uh, like I said, we always uh, like bands who uh, who have some deep cuts and stuff to to release outside of the normal albums. Uh, and when we recorded our uh, latest album, Graces Came with Malice, we we had two songs that we felt wasn't necessary for the album. They weren't bad or anything. We felt they were really strong, but we felt that if we put them on the album, it will just be two more songs. But if they end up on the on the double uh, decade compilation that, that we knew were coming, was coming, then um, we felt they would get more exposure and uh, yeah, they would uh, like shine on their own. So so it was a conscious conscious uh, conscious decision from the start. Um, they were recorded at the same time as the uh, latest album. Wow. Okay. Now, I guess I'm curious because you guys have a bit of a, a vintagey sound. Is there any gear that you use that attributes to that sound, or any gear that maybe you used on the most recent recordings that surprised you? Mm, I don't know. We're not necessarily the biggest gearheads. I mean, we love retro sound, but at the same time, we want it to be modern and punchy and stand up to any recording that you hear on the radio. So, I mean, it's 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 in your DNA. It's in the way you play and when you mix things, you, you want it to sound retro in a, but still have a punch. And I guess retro means not too harsh or too heavy or too metal. I don't know. I mean, that's like I said, it's in our DNA. We we have the bands that we grew up listening to, and, and that kind of kind of uh, yeah gives you a path or gives you a a direction, I guess. So yeah, so it's a tricky question, but there's no special gear, I would say. I mean, we have we have some old amplifiers for sure, and, and Robert Persson uh, from um, Death Breath and Robert uh, Persson Humbucker. He's mixing the album. He's a he's a big fan of uh, vintage sounding music as well. So I guess it yeah it's uh, imprinted in every part of the process. But it's it's nothing we think too much about, and it's nothing we strive for in terms of using certain gear or whatever. Yeah, having a couple of classic amps or whatever. But it, as the old saying goes, you know, it just comes out of the fingers. And you'd mentioned Robert Pearson, which is yeah. fantastic. We're going to chat about him more in a little bit. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact, fill out the info for your next project, and let Two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. 
Wormhole Death is a modern record label publishing and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career? And maybe even what would you tell that young punk version of yourself 20 years ago if you had the chance? <laughs> Enjoy the ride. <laughs> no, but uh, I would say the greatest accomplishment for us is getting to, to know a lot of people through our music. And uh, I mean, it's still being fun and us still being friends make, and having a lot of fun making music together, I, I guess, is our biggest accomplishment. I mean, we have never been an arena band or sold a million albums or anything. We've always been underground. And uh, I don't know, sometimes... If I would tell my younger self something would maybe be, oh, you should really jump on that tour or do more gigs because that will get you onto the circuit. I don't know, whatever. But we made the choices we made. And uh, if we would have, I mean, been on the road for 200 dates a year, maybe we wouldn't be around or be friends anymore. So I don't know if that's worth it. We have, we still have fun and, and people appreciate our music. Uh, I guess that's all you can ask for. That's the, that's the political, politically correct answer and, and the true answer, I guess, <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Well, enjoy the ride, getting to know a lot of people, still having fun and being friends as a band. I mean, how many bands out there can say that they're still friends? You know, raise your hand, which is cool. And something else you mentioned there was, you know, we could have pushed harder as a band, but should we have? Would we still be friends to this day? You know what's you know what's even more cool uh, than us meeting a lot of people is that people becoming friends uh, because they love our music. That's even better, I guess. People traveling uh, across country, even to other countries, uh, to go to gigs and uh, getting new friends because they they meet through our music. I, that that really yeah that really does something to us. Um, we've always been <laughs> uh, astounded by that. Yeah, I think you just mentioned it. You're astounded by that. But I mean, take us through that experience. What was like that like the first time you found out that people had traveled a distance to see, you know, I'm, I'm imagining uh, some, some little band. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, uh, the whole process of sitting in your sofa with your guitar, writing a song and then recording it and then getting it on vinyl for the first time and then going out playing and meeting people who have traveled like thousand kilometers to see you. Yeah. It, it never gets old. Uh, and that happened from the early days. Yeah. So we've always, always had fans like that. And now we even, we even meet young kids who say, Oh, my, my dad listened a lot to you when I was young. So yeah, I'm a fan. I've been listening to your music my whole life. And, and that really knocks you. <laughs> out of your shoes because then you realize you're, you're not getting any younger yourself but it's still a big compliment to yeah. have a second generation yeah yeah what do they call that a grandfathered fan base like you you've hit that yeah. point now where you're the, the kids of your fans are are bringing uh new fans into the the roster yeah it's yeah it's really cool well it totally humbles cool. you I guess. yes yes of course uh, let's go ahead and jump back to uh, Robert Pearson. I've also got that uh, Magnus Lindbergh did some mastering on the record. So um, these two gentlemen, what was the choice in going with them? And what was it like working with them? 
uh, with and uh, worked with them for several records, and uh, it's total easy ride, easy going, uh, very easy, I would say, <laughs> if I should try to summarize it. Uh, they they both add a lot to the final products, and uh, we always feel that we're in good hands. And uh, I mean, Robert and us has the same taste in music, so it makes it very easy to to work with them. They're very professional and, and a really nice guy. Does his humbucker ever show up like in your guitar? Like, is that why it's a different color in your guitar? Because it's his humbucker? No, he, he, hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't played anything on, on the albums. But maybe that's uh, something to try for the future. Mm -hmm. We did uh, uh, we did like uh, a live all-star band gig a few years ago with uh, Robert Tashon. And then we also had Nicky Boy from Backyard Babies and uh, Ships Kispe from Sato, who produced helicopters, of course. And, uh, and Ken uh, from Sato, the singer. Uh, so... We have played with him, but uh, he's not on the album. Okay, so you have played with him, but he's not on the album, and that, of course, was a reference that I had made there to, you know, his band Robert Patterson's Humbucker. Is that his Humbucker, you know, in your guitar? But um, very cool. Now, kind of a silly question, but was there any thought to maybe having a theme to the compilation, or is it just the simple fact these are the best songs over the last twenty years? Mm, yeah, I would say. Uh, I mean, it's not like an ordinary album where you have, might have some thought about the songs. Uh, but, I mean, we thought about the, the order of the songs, of course, and uh, we chose the ones that we thought best represented our 20 years. But other than that, I can't say there's a real theme to it. Mm -hmm. Left out the ones that do not best represent the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If something, then it would be the covers that uh, that has been our kind of, yeah, how do you call it, brand or mm, signature thing. We always include a couple of one or two cover songs on the albums, but maybe we should do a combination of the cover songs. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it feels like we should bring up the Marvel Army because they're obviously a large uh, part of the experience. Is that something that... You know, maybe making a, a a compilation album specifically for the Marvel Army songs that they choose. Yeah, you mean it, it could be some kind of voting system, and you could. I suppose let them duke it out, like uh, mud wrestling or something. Let them just, yeah. just go <laughs> spaghetti wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Very cool. See, uh, but it will probably take another twenty years before we put out the next compilation. So makes sense. You know, yeah. can't have too many twenty-year compilations. And then we can have the the grandfather generation choose the songs. Mm -hmm. The grandfather generation. There's a title right there. Or the <laughs> the offspring of the grandfathers, whatever you call it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. And success at this stage of the career is just um, you know getting to know a lot of people through the music. People traveling a thousand kilometers to see you, having the fan base now grandfathered in, and what you would say to your older self is basically enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, younger's, younger selves are often in a hurry to get somewhere. Where we're in a hurry to get to, we don't know. But uh, well, you find out eventually. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, yeah, Robert Pearson and Magnus Lindbergh work with them for several records. Very easy going. Uh, they both add a lot to the final product and feels like you're in good hands. And Robert has the same taste in music, which makes it a collaborative environment. Yeah. Good summary. 
What's the number one thing that you would like people listening to the podcast to do? Is that listen to the record, hit up your socials, join the Marvel Army? It could even be something spiritual like, yeah, I don't know, eat less give meat. Give a piece of chance. <laughs> yeah, give a piece of chance. Yeah. And after you've given a piece of chance, you can uh, go to marvelband.com and, and join the Marvel Army, and then you can go buy the album. I think that's enough for one day's work. If you fix peace and then you buy the album and join the army, then uh, we're we're a peace army, a peace loving army. Mm-hmm. We love okay. rock and roll. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so give peace a chance. Go to the marveltheband.com. Join the Marvel Army. Buy the record. Listen to said record. Bring your kids so we can have more grandfathered fan base in. And grandmothers. And grandmothers, yes. We don't want it to be a more sausage gilfs. fest. We would like more gilfs, yeah. Yeah, more <laughs> gilfs, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Travel a thousand kilometers. And speaking of which, go ahead and head over to the rockandrollpodcast.ca and there you can go to get the show notes for today. And that will include music videos and ways to connect with Marvel if you are completely unaware. So the king. Thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Rick Galvez of the band Malice Divine. We talk about building the mental fortitude to see a creative project through to the very end, which I know can be a little difficult at times. Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week.